Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Hey, welcome to Live Free Church Online. We're so glad that you've joined us today. We just want to welcome you here. Uh, my name is David. Um, in a couple of weeks, we are having our first physical service on May 16th at 2 p.m. Um, we're excited to meet together as a church outside um, with the 50 people. Um, if we have tickets, they'll be in our bio. Um, you can grab a set of those and we'd love to see you there. We're working through this book um, called the Book of Acts in the New Testament, and we're looking at this series called Sent, where we're looking at the beginning of the early church. And today, we're looking at this famous sermon in the Book of Acts called Stephen's Speech. And this is the speech that, that Stephen says right before he becomes the first martyr of Christianity. As we look at this passage in, in chapter 7 of Acts, I want to ask you a question. Do you see God at work? Do you see God doing things around you? I think I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. When I first moved to Kelowna, I joined a church planting cohort. And um, it was a, a basically a bunch of church planters from um, Penticton to Kelowna, West Kelowna, Salmon Arm, that got together and learned about church planting. And one of the things we did was a prayer walk. And I remember we did a prayer walk up in Rutland. And basically we, we went up there, we, we uh, went into groups of twos, and we just walked around praying with our eyes open and seeing things in our community. And so after we did that, we, we met at the, the Rutland Starbucks to debrief. And um, one of the questions I was asked was, okay, what, what did you see? Like what, what did, came out of this time of praying? And, and for me, I said, oh man, look all these, these broken homes, these broken people. Here's all the things that we need to do. Here's all the things that I need to do. And it's not that that's necessarily wrong. It's that my posture was wrong. I had said, like, here's all the things that I need to do to fix problems in our community. And I remember another guy, he spoke up and said, well, hold on. Here's all the things that I see God is already doing in this community. Here's, here's the, the homes that I think God is already starting to break through. And, and here's all the opportunity that, that God is giving us as the church to reach people. And I remember sort of being a little bit stunned because I was so focused on what I thought I needed to do that I actually missed a work of the Holy Spirit that was already happening in Kelowna. The work of God had already begun. God was doing something all around me, but for some reason I didn't see it. So it's this idea that when we focus so much on ourselves, on what we think we need to do, or what we think is right, or maybe even our, our traditions or our laws, our rules, our history being right, like we will see with the Jewish council today, we miss on what God is actually doing and in turn, we actually resist what the Holy Spirit could do in and through us. So there's a couple things I want us to look at today. We're going to look at this idea of, of God working all throughout history. But also how sin can blind us to seeing what God is doing. 
Stephen is going to reveal some sins of the, the Jewish council, but I think it's so relevant to us today. Second, I want to pull out something that we learn about God in this passage as sort of a big picture. We're going to get that to the, we're going to get to that at the end of the, the sermon. But bear in mind, this, this speech from Stephen assumes that you know your Old Testament pretty well. He used a lot of Old Testament imagery and illustration to, um, to convey his points. And so I will give my best to give references and, um, and uh, explain the stories in, in summaries. Um, but there is a lot of, of history in this passage. If you like um, cross-referencing in, in Old Testament stories, um, you're in for a treat today. So let's dive into the passage. If you open your Bibles to Acts 7, we're going to be going through that. Um, and we're going to be looking through the whole chapter. So what we're not going to, we're not going to read the whole passage this morning because it would take us probably the whole time just to read that. Um, but instead, we're going to do a bit of a flyover. And we're going to look at a few of the, the big themes that are in the different sections. And then we'll, we'll see how that, that relates to us. Now, if you remember Stephen, we've been talking a lot about Stephen the last few weeks. He's a man full of grace. He's a man full of power. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Jewish leaders are really upset with him. They've accused him of committing blasphemy and inciting rebellion against their sacred temple. And of course, the Jewish authorities are not happy about this. The movement of Jesus is threatening their history, it's threatening their laws, it's, it's threatening their traditions, and they're not happy about that. And so this, this passage picks up with Stephen addressing the Jewish council, and we'll see next week that this actually brings about a sense of rage in the Jewish council to the point where they actually stone Stephen. So if you look at your Bible, verses 1 to 7, Stephen starts with Abraham. Now, Abraham would have been the beginning of history for the Jewish people. And the the picture that Stephen builds of Abraham was that a man who answered God's call without knowing where he was going. It was like taking a road trip without knowing the route or the destination, but having God as your guide. And I think for a lot of you, if you've been a Christian for a long time, this might be your story. And I think even, I I think back to everyone who moved to Kelowna to help plant Live Free. The call was to plant a church. The details we didn't know. And honestly, if, if we had known the details of what that would mean to plant a church in Kelowna, I don't know if we would have accepted it. But I think sometimes it's a grace that God doesn't give us the details to the places that he calls us. Because when we try and use human logic to say, here's, here's how we're going to go, and actually it's going to be impossible, then we would probably never go. But God uses the impossible to make possible. When we try, um, when we answer that call, it's saying, I trust you, God, fully. Even though I don't have the roadmap, But instead, I have a God who I know is going to be with me, who's going to go before me, and is going to lead me to exactly where we need to go and be. But that requires trust. And I think some of you withhold your call because you haven't trusted God. And he's saying, put the keys in the ignition, but 
but you don't trust that he's actually going to take you where you need to go. And that's sometimes because the destination seems impossible. But again, what we say is impossible, God says is possible. And, and Stephen uses this example of Abraham where he's promised land to his descendants. The problem is he had no children. He had no one to continue the, the lineage of his family and, and he was advanced in years, so it seemed absolutely impossible. But God takes what's impossible and makes it possible because Abraham had trust and he had faith. Abraham was a man full of faith. He did not know where he was going, but he believed that the, the best was yet to be. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, we live by faith, not by sight. And I think we need to walk not by what we see, but in the faith of a God who is leading us to far more than we could ever probably imagine. Abraham was also a man of hope. He gave, God gave him a promise and even though it seemed impossible and even though it, he didn't see the end result of it, he had a, a promise and he believed God was going to fulfill it. And God did. So is your hope in God today? Is your hope that God will sustain you no matter what you're going through today? Is your hope in that God can do the impossible today? So what is Stephen trying to say in this section? Well, the Jewish leaders were clinging to their traditions. They're, they're clinging to their rules and left no room for God to lead them in faith, into hope, and into the impossible. They loved their rules and the traditions more than they loved God. And because of that, they actually missed their Messiah. Their hearts were so hard that they missed God trying to rescue them. But I think that can so easily happen to us. When our hearts get hard, we miss out on God. We become blind, even though we think that we're following God. Stephen was trying to say that, that the beginning of your religion was built on faith and hope in God. And you've forgotten that. And so for you, where, where is God calling you to go that would require faith and hope in God? Maybe it's a call to endure something. Maybe that's a call to, to talk to someone or to lead something. Because Christianity is not a boring call. There's a mystery to God's spirit that we cannot predict where the Holy Spirit is going to go or what he's going to do. So that means it requires faith and trust from us. And that's a requirement to be a follower of Jesus, that we trust him, that we, we follow in faith. Stephen was being led by the Spirit. And he went wherever the Spirit was leading him. And I think he was trying to surface that we need that faith and hope in God today too. So then Stephen goes on to talk about Joseph and Moses. Now Joseph was a man who was rejected by his brothers and sold into slavery in Egypt. The story is found in Genesis chapter 37 to 50 if you want to go back and look at that at some point. And while he was in slavery, Joseph was given favor and wisdom by God in the sight of Pharaoh. And because of that, Joseph becomes essentially the prime minister of Egypt. And in doing so, God uses Joseph to save a nation, actually saves two nations 
from famine and provides a restoration process for him and his brothers who had once sold him into slavery. And then Joseph says this famous verse in Genesis 50, verse 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant for good to bring about that many people would be kept alive as they are today. So God used Joseph to save a nation from famine, even though he was first rejected by his brothers. Now Stephen also paints this picture of Moses as a rejected savior, called by God to lead his people from slavery under um, Pharaoh, and this was many years later, who had oppressed the Hebrew nation. And in his first attempt to lead his people, they rejected him. It wasn't until 40 years later that God appears to him and says, now's the time to lead the people out of slavery. And you can find that, that story in the book of Exodus. But there's something that these two people have in common that I think Stephen was trying to help the Jewish council see. Both Moses and Joseph were rejected people that God was trying to use to deliver them and rescue them. They were rejected saviors the first time, but were accepted the second time. And does that not sound familiar? The religious leaders had treated Jesus like this. The Jews had rejected Jesus as their Messiah. But scripture tells us that the nation will one day recognize Jesus when he comes back a second time. And as Christians, we believe that Jesus is coming back again. But they had a spiritual blindness that is woven all throughout the Old Testament history and a pattern of rejecting the people that God sent to save them. And that pattern continued even and ultimately in Jesus, who was their ultimate savior from sin and death. So the question I want to then ask you, are you spiritually blind? Where has God been at work, but you haven't seen it? Are you blind to see it? And this is, sometimes we can't see it. And this is why we have things like community groups, where we gather together to see different perspectives and to speak into each other's lives so that we can see things that we wouldn't have seen before without someone else pointing it out. And that's why we value community so much at Live Free Church. And even in that story in the beginning that I told, I was blind to seeing God at work all around in Kelowna. And it took someone else pointing it out for me to be actually to be able to see it. We need one another to, to help us to see past our spiritual blindness. So maybe ask yourself, have you seen God at work in your life? Because I guarantee he's been working whether you see it or not. How has Jesus rescued you? Moving on to verses 37 to 53. And this is where Stephen actually really starts to put out some punches. Because up to this point, Stephen has said, look, you have, you have no faith, you have no hope, you have no confidence in God, your traditions and your rules have made you blind to seeing God, You've rejected everyone as God has tried to use to save you, including Jesus himself. And then he goes on to say, and, and he really holds nothing back. He says, you've been in continual disobedience. You've continually worshipped idols, 
which we see all throughout the Old Testament. And Stephen uses the example of the golden calf where as Moses is getting the Ten Commandments, the, his people are building a golden calf to worship instead of God. And they limited God. They said, we want to build a temple for you. You're going to live in that and you will dwell with us. And then they end up just worshiping the temple instead of worshiping God. And so there's a rebuke in, in this passage where it says, my home is not in the temple, it's in the universe. It limited God. And then Stephen also surfaces, every time God tried to talk to you, to your people, to call you out of sin, they reject and killed their own prophets. Or when God raised someone to deliver them, they rejected them. The worst being that they rejected Jesus. Why? Because no one likes being told they're wrong. It's pride. When we don't like something or we disagree or it disagrees with how we want to live, we find a voice that'll affirm us, whether it's right or wrong. And I've met Christians who do this who will change the message of the gospel so that it affirms my lifestyle. So then they end up, they end up listening to voices or even preachers who, who preach only what they believe to be their own truth. And they, they, they like the loving stuff, but they skip over the part where they call us a sinner. But here's the thing, that's a limited view of the gospel. In order for the gospel to work, we need to admit that we're sinners. And so that's the exact opposite of what Stephen's doing in the speech. He's saying, here's all the, the sin you've done, and you need to be rescued. And so he's, he's hitting it. It's offensive. These people are offended. And we'll see next week that they're so offended and so filled with rage that they end up killing Stephen. But here's the thing. I heard this this past week. The gospel shouldn't agree with you. Instead, it should change you. The gospel shouldn't agree with you. Instead, it should change you. And if the gospel agrees with you and it doesn't change you, then you're probably believing in the wrong gospel. And then to finish it off, Stephen says this, and this is sort of the ultimate summary of this whole speech. He says in verse 51, You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, You were always resisting the Holy Spirit as your ancestors did. You do also. By resisting the Holy Spirit, he is saying, you have ignored God, you've rejected God, and you've killed God. And here's the thing, we're not that far off. When we choose to listen to the voices of our culture, we ignore God. We've all at one point rejected God, and that's why we needed Jesus to come and save us. And ultimately, our sin put Jesus on the cross. It killed God, but thankfully, he resurrected. Okay, so where's the gospel in all this? Because here's what we have heard, and this is, this is the list that, that Stephen surfaces in this passage. He says, you have no faith in God. You don't have hope in God. You don't have confidence in God. You reject the voices from God. You, you turn to idols and worship them. You build things with your own hands for God, but you end up worshiping yourselves for building it, and you limit God and make him small. And for me, when I, when I read that list, I checked off more than one box, and I realized how desperately I need Jesus today, how desperately I need the good news of the gospel today. But before I unpack that hope, 
that we all need today. There's something I want you to notice about God's character that is woven into this whole speech and it's woven into all of scripture and it's that God is slow to anger and patient. He is not rushing to punish. Instead, he is desiring to forgive humble and repentant people. God said this to Moses about who he was. And this is one of my favorite verses. He says, The Lord, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on his children and grandchildren to a third and fourth generation. And here's what you will see if you read all of scripture that God is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. So no matter what you have done, no matter what I've done, God is not done with you. If you have a pulse, you still have time. God is patient. Humble your heart though. Repent of your sin Because I believe that's the posture that Stephen was trying to convey to this Jewish council is that you have missed God trying to work all throughout your history. And the goal is for them to humble their hearts and repent of their sin. And I think that's the message for us today too. Because in in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The gospel summarized as this, that Keller says, Tim Keller, he says, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe, yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we we ever dared hope. And so I read that list of sins that, that Stephen was calling out, and I realized that's me. I need that love and forgiveness from Christ today. And Jesus died so that you could be set free. That's why we call our church Live Free Church because we want people to be set free in the hope of the gospel. And the gospel is that Jesus came down from heaven. He lived in human flesh. He died innocently, but in doing so, he took all our sin and our shame upon himself so that we could hear one of the probably the most beautiful words in all of scripture that says, it is finished. Jesus is doing this all around us. He's setting people free. So the question I want to ask you again, do you see God at work around you? The Holy Spirit is is working all around us and in us and through us. Don't resist the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Instead, take that invitation that, that God gives you to participate in the building of his kingdom on earth. And here's our posture. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Not my kingdom come, my will be done. And I think that was a rebuke that Stephen was trying to give these leaders. It's a rebuke that, that I had in that story from the beginning. And it's a rebuke that I think we all need today. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Our posture must be of faith and hope in Christ, continuing to allow him to rescue us and take on our sin and our shame so that we can live free. And this is what sets Christianity free from, sets Christianity apart from every other religion is that 
religions say, here's all the things you must do to earn God's favor or the things you must do so that God won't be angry at you. And Christianity says, it's already been done through Christ. There's nothing more for you to do other than believe. Humble your heart, bring your sin to Jesus, and then share what, what God has done in your life to others, no matter what people might think. Stephen didn't hold back. He was led by the Holy Spirit. And here's the crazy thing. We have that exact same Holy Spirit that Stephen had as he was preaching this message to this Jewish council. We have that same Holy Spirit living in us who is empowering us to do amazing things in his name. I don't think sometimes we realize that the power and the authority that we have with the Holy Spirit in us doing things in our community and in the lives of our own lives and the lives of others. But pray for that boldness. And no matter what, you get mocked, you get stoned. doesn't compare to the joy that's set before you in Christ. You will be resurrected with Christ one day. And that's the hope and the faith that we have today. So let's be a church that's bold. Let's be a church that's built around the, a rhythm of repentance where we turn away from our sin and believe in the forgiveness that Jesus offers us so that we can live lives of humility and love towards one another. And let's be a church that's bold in our proclamation of the good news of the gospel. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us. You love us so much that you came down and you, you died for our sin. Lord, I pray that, that you continue to reveal sin in, in our hearts Lord, that we could, we could take it to you to be dealt with once and for all, that it would be finished. And Lord, that we'd be able to live as a church set free from sin and death and guilt. Lord, that you would set us free in your gospel. I pray for boldness and for, for power that, that we don't even realize we have to be able to live out whatever call that you're calling us to do. Lord, I, I thank you that you forgive us when we, when we repent and when we come with humility. And Lord, I need that today, and, and I pray that for our church today too. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.